0: Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the great I am. Jesus is his name. And Father, we pray this morning that you would download into us, Father. We pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Father, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And Father, we come to you with great expectation Not only during this Christmas season, but every time we come into your throne of grace and into your presence, Lord, when we pray, we pray with expectation. And so today we pray that we will walk away changed because we've encountered you. And so we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. Warrior Youth, you guys are dismissed. Praise team. Thanks. Great job. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here today uh, to celebrate uh, this Christmas season with us. And uh, we're continuing in this series called Christ Must, More of Christ. And uh, that's really uh, the message this morning is more Christ, less of us. And last week I taught on the wonderful gift that Christ, that God has given to us, which is Christ. And uh, through him, we are able to live a life of victory over sin and death. And uh, this Christmas season, let's be intentional about focusing on the reason for the season and that it's all about him. The purpose of the celebration of Christmas is Christ. And uh, giving gifts and receiving gifts, they're all wonderful and they're great. Uh, But let's remember what Christ has done for us. Jesus is the greatest gift. And not only that, but let's be reminded of who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ and the authority and dominion that we've been given through Christ. So uh, we're going to be going to uh, several scriptures this morning. I'm, I'm doing some jumping around a little bit, but uh, if you'll stay with me, we'll be going to Isaiah chapter nine and and Walter read from that, that uh that uh, chapter, and we're going to be going back over some of those scriptures, but Isaiah chapter 9 and John chapter 14, and then we'll be going to John 16 and back to 14, so stay with me this morning. We're going to be jumping around a little bit, but as a committed follower of Christ, we should continually be transformed to look like Christ, to look more like Christ. And I'm not talking about growing a beer and wearing sandals and a robe. I'm talking about that we should represent Christ. And I'm talking about being more Christ-like when I talk about looking like Christ. So my first point this morning is, who is Christ really? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but in John chapter 1, verses 1-14, through the Gospel of John. It's clear that these verses are referring to Jesus. And we've talked about them quite a bit. Uh, And and so I'm just going to recap John chapter 1. Uh, It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And uh, everything was created by him and for him and through him. So Jesus existed in the beginning with God. Jesus is God. Uh, He created everything and he gave life to everything that was created. He, his, his light His life brought light to everyone, and his light shines in the darkness and can never be extinguished. And then in verse 14, we see clearly that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, clearly talking about Jesus. And God consisting of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's like God takes Jesus from within himself, and, and uh, places him on the earth as a child. And in Genesis chapter 1, let's go there. I, I don't think I gave that to you. But Genesis chapter 1, we see the trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. And so while I go uh, at the intro, I talked about that we've been given dominion and authority over the earth. That's been allocated to us. And there's even more authority that we have. We have spiritual authority through Christ. But the part that I want to focus on this morning is the first part of this verse. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And so we see that, that Christ was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He is part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's who Christ really is. When we get that, when we begin to understand the authority that he has and who we are in Christ, so we can walk in those same things. I'm getting ahead of myself. But it should, it, it should encourage us, it should excite us because we can walk in dominion and power. Jesus came to save us, to bring us into a relationship with him. But also that we could ha- walk in victory over sin and death. My second point this morning is God, uh, Christ is, is fully God and fully man. And here in Genesis, we see that Christ is fully God. Um, Christ, the creator of everything, comes to earth as a child. When you think of a child, you think of someone that's very vulnerable and that, that can't protect themselves. But Christ came as a child so that he could relate to everything that we go through. He grew up. He was fully God but fully man too. He experienced emotions and all the things that we experience. He experienced pain. Um, let's go now to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It says, and, and you guys have seen these, this scripture on numerous Christmas cards and, and things like that. But, but I wanna park out, park here for a little while. And uh, it says in Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Christ, the creator of everything, comes to earth as a child. He comes from heaven to, to come to earth. It, it, it continues on, the government will rest on his shoulders. Jesus had all authority, whether others recognized it or acknowledged it, he had all authority. Jesus knew what he came to do to redeem us back into relationship with our heavenly father that was broken in the garden. In addition to dying on the cross as a sacrifice for all of our sins, he's called us to receive his forgiveness for all of our sins and to walk in the fullness of life that he came to give John 10 10 a very familiar passage with you guys the thief has come to steal kill and destroy but I've come Jesus said that you may have life and abundance and so we can walk in the abundant life today now and that's what Jesus came for Um, I want to read Matthew 28 verse 18 another familiar passage of scripture Jesus came and told his disciples he said I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And so when we understand that he has all authority, Jesus was not just a man. He was not just a a great teacher of the word and a prophet. He is God. And he came to earth to help us understand the truth of who we are, who he is, but who we are in him. He goes on to say in Matthew 28, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you to the ends of the age. Jesus came to uh, help us know what to do. One, to, to come to salvation, to come into a relationship uh, that was broken. And then he gave us a charge. He said, go and, sh- and teach others about me. Baptize them and teach them and show them. Go out and live it so that people will be able to see what it looks like to live a Christ-like life. And then he said, I'll be with you till the ends of the age. Jesus has all, all authority in heaven and earth. Let's read on what Isaiah writes. Isaiah writes this about 700 years before Jesus is born. And so he's speaking of him prophetically. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. Why? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth, right? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, And this morning, I want to break each of these down, and I want to tie them back to Scripture. Isaiah 9, 6 again, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. I want to go to John chapter 14, and Jesus is telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And I want to read from the Holman Christian Standard Bible because it uses the same terminology here. It says, but the counselor, Jesus is called what? wonderful counselor but the counselor the holy spirit the father will send him in my name he uh, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that i've told you he is the counselor i want to read this in the new living translation i think it reads a little easier Um, but when the father sends the advocate As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. And so that's why it's so important that we commune with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis because he will remind us of what Jesus has told us. And so the Holy Spirit will guide us and lead us into all truth. This word advocate also translates as counselor, Comforter, encourager. Those are uh, other words. When you think of the Holy Spirit, do you think of someone that's a counselor? I do. Do you think of someone that's a comforter? I do. Do you think of someone who's speaking the truth that's helping me in my daily life? I'm not just talking about when I get to heaven. I'm talking about I need some help now. I need the Holy Spirit to help me now. And so that's what Jesus is. He is the counselor, He is the advocate. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. The Holy Spirit represents Jesus. Okay, so Isaiah 9, he says, uh, Isaiah says, let me tell you about this Jesus. He is wonderful counselor. And then he says, he's a mighty God. Jesus is referred to as mighty God. Is God mighty? I think he is. I mean, he created everything. He spoke things into existence. He spoke things into existence. I mean, I mean imagine if you're hungry and you would speak T-bone and it would show up on the platter. Amen. It would be on the grill. The grill's already hot and you could throw that T-bone on it. So, God spoke everything into existence. And we've already talked about Jesus is God found in Genesis 1 and John chapter 1 and Matthew 28. But let's continue on in Isaiah 9. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, here in John, uh, we're going to go to John chapter 14. In, in John chapter 14, Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going back to heaven. And Thomas, one of the disciples says, well, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But he says, yo, I, we really don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Thomas says, we, we don't understand. And, and so Jesus tells him in John 14, 6, Jesus tells him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may lead you and guide you into all truth. He is the truth. Are you guys making the connection? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. And our pastor in Corpus says, to try to understand that, you have to break them apart And then the more you break them apart, the harder it is to understand. So, you know, just understand that God is a three-part being. And much like us, we have a a physical body, a soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, our passions, and we have a spirit. And so maybe that will help you. But uh, Jesus Jesus tells him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He says in verse 7, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. And so this passage would indicate that Thomas does not fully understand who Jesus is. And I think that we can relate to that because I don't think that we, well, let me put it this way. Sometimes I think we forget who Jesus really is. You ever worry about things and you ever just become mistrustful and you know, instead of saying, God, listen, I know you're in control of my life and I don't understand what's going on, but I choose to trust you. And I choose to lay this at your feet and allow you to guide me and lead me. And and Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just shore me up and give me good counsel and, and guide me and lead me. The Holy Spirit always gives us good counsel. So let me clarify that. But if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. And Jesus tells him, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is very clear here. He says, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Um, it would appear then that Philip jumps in the conversation. Have you ever been in a conversation and and maybe it's not going too well and then somebody else jumps in and you're like, oh no, don't, 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 don't do that. Well, listen to what Philip says. Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And still you don't know who I am? It says in the NASB, it says, Jesus says to him, have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me philip jesus is singling philip out here and i don't think he's being mean i i think that when g may i don't know i mean i wasn't there but i could imagine that that when philip asks this question then he realizes he's he just stepped into something that maybe he should have been listening and not talking so much any of you suffer from that? <laughs> I do. Uh, but Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And still, and yet still, you don't know who I am. He goes on to say in verse, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, he just told Thomas in verse 7, right? He just told him, um, from now on you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus is trying to get these guys to understand that he is God. And uh, let's go back to this conversation with Philip in John 14, 9. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Hello, I'm here. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have the Trinity together. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So let's look at the last of these four titles. We have Wonderful Counselor. We have Mighty God. We have Everlasting Father. We have Prince of Peace. Let's go to John chapter 16. I told you we'd be jumping around, but we're still in the same book here. In John chapter 16, his disciples are finally beginning to understand, I believe, who Christ is. And he says in verse 31... Jesus asks, do you finally believe? Are you finally getting this? Are you finally understanding? And he says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Jesus is about to be betrayed and and be killed. uh, Go go through the mock trial. And uh, of course, he rose on the third day. But the disciples will scatter in fear. And he's, he's telling them, he's saying that uh, the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. But look what he says in verse uh, verse 32. He says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Do you see how intimately connected they are? They are one. Yet we just read in John 14, uh, well, we just read that in John 14, but in, in uh, verse 33, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Where is peace found? It's found in Jesus. It's not found in the world or the things of the world. It's not found in our circumstances. It's not found in, in money or material things. It's only the supernatural peace that we can receive from God. So when you need some peace, you know where to go. Go to Jesus and say, Lord, I need some peace because you're the prince of peace. And I need some help right now. I need some calm in the storm. John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will, say will. Have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, this is, this is, sometimes this is not a real popular scripture. You know, we don't like to, to hear that, in, that we will have trouble. But in James 1, it says, Count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations, for the testing of your faith builds your patience. And when your patience is complete, then you are complete, lacking nothing. So if you're going through a trial, just know that God is stretching you. And and he also says here, I love this. He says, "Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world." Do you know what an heir is? H e i r. Let's go. Let's go to that that uh, that slide. An heir is a person legally entitled to the property or rank to the property or rank of another person. Uh, on, on that person's death. A person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. It's someone that inherits, it's someone that's a beneficiary. Let's look at uh, John 16:33. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Let me, let's go back to John chapter 14, 26 to 29. Uh, Verse 26 says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He goes on to say in verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How, you know, when, when I read the scripture last week, I was thinking about that. What a great gift. I mean, we talked last week about the greatest gift that God has given us is Jesus. But there are other gifts that come with that relationship. And Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. He goes on to say in verse 27, and the peace I give is, uh, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Why can't the world give peace? Because it doesn't have it. It doesn't know true peace. And you think about all the things that are going on in the world today. Uh, we need some peace. And where, do we, where can we get this peace? Through Jesus. That's where we need to be seeking peace is through Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 27, so don't be troubled or afraid. Peace is a wonderful gift that we have through Christ through this relationship, it's part of the benefit that we get with that. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter uh, nine, verses six and seven. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, not just counselor, but wonderful counselor, a mighty God, not just God, but mighty God, everlasting father, Maybe some of you have had fathers that have been MIA, or they're here today and gone tomorrow. He's everlasting father, prince of peace, that we can call on when we get into a jam or even just in our daily life and say, God, I need some peace right now. Verse 7, his government and its peace will never end. His government and its peace will never end. Imagine living in peace forever. This is a gift from Jesus. We can walk, and I know that it's a challenge probably for all of us, but we can, if we understand that we can walk in peace in any situation, in any circumstance through Jesus. And so we just need to call on Him. We need to quit worrying. We we talked about Philippians 4, 4 through 8, I had a Bible study last week. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what? And the peace of God which transcends or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is found in Christ. And so Paul says in Philippians, we're going to go through things. We're going to go through trials. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world, but we can go to him, the Prince of Peace, and receive peace. Imagine there are no wars. There are no terrorists. There's no division. There's only peace we can experience the benefits of having this relationship with Christ here and now. We will also experience a different dynamic when we get to heaven. But let's go back to Isaiah 9-7. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. This eternal life that we're talking about will be awesome. It will be beyond our comprehension. I think it's difficult for us to envision a world without sin because we've never experienced that. The word says that we were born in sin. We were, we were conceived in sin. And I remember when, when my dad passed away, it was so weird to me. It was so surreal, surreal because all my life, my dad had been there. And now he's gone. He's in heaven. But it was, it, you know, it was hard for me to understand. And so, like that, I don't think that we can understand, you know, a world without sin, because we've never experienced that. But one day we will. Amen. So my first point is, who is Christ really? He's God. He's all. He's Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. My second point is, Jesus is fully God, fully man. And my third point this morning is Jesus is passionate about you. In Isaiah 9:7, he continues to write, The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. You know, it's one thing for someone to tell you that they love you. And it's quite another for someone to show you or prove to you that they really love you. And I look out across the sanctuary today and I see so many people that I love. I love all of you. And you know, uh, many of you have heard me tell you that I love you, but you know it because it's been demonstrated by my love for you. And so Jesus is telling us and he told his disciples, I love you, but not only am I telling you, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to prove it. I'm gonna take on all of your sins I'm going to make a way to restore you back into relationship with your heavenly father Uh, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And because of the blood that's shed, I'm making a covenant. God is making a covenant with you through my blood that all your sins are forgiven and that you can walk with me, that you can be forgiven, that you can call on me, that you can have the Holy Spirit residing in you to give you peace and joy and strength and encouragement. I don't think any person would give up their life for another person or, or for um, another cause that if it wasn't important to them, if they weren't passionate about that. And Jesus demonstrated his passion for us by giving his life for us. He willingly took on all the sins of the world. He took on all of your sins and my sins. Jesus is passionate about having a personal, intimate relationship with you. And you know the mission of this church, what God has called us to do, our mission is to develop, maintain a model, personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Guys, that's what it's all about here at Life Fellowship, is that we grow in that relationship, that we grow deeper in that, com- that connection with God, and that we grow in, hel- in having healthy, uh, vibrant relationships with one another. Jesus didn't only say how much he loves you in his word. He demonstrated his love on the cross. And not not only on the cross, but he said, I will never, I will never leave you. When you think that it's rough and you're going through a, a trial and a tribulation, you can rest assured that I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. But through the Holy Spirit, I will be there with you. To lead you and guide you and comfort you in your times of trials and tribulations, I'm here with you. This morning, I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And and maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you had one at one point in time, but you've walked away. Or maybe you've never had one. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? If God is tugging on the on your heart this morning, there's no shame in that. Listen, we can take care of that. God wants to bring you into this intimate relationship that we've been talking about this morning. Anybody here? All right. What we're going to do is we're going to proclaim how great is our God. We're just going to worship for a little while. and, And while we're worshiping, I'd like for you to stay in this posture of seeking him and saying, God, is there something else that you wanna say to me this morning? Are you speaking to my heart about something? And let's just take some time and spin before him and worship. is great, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want you to really get this this morning, that he is all of those things. And he's not just all of those things, but he's all of those things to you. You can have that in your life, resident in your your life. And so as we go from this place this morning... Uh, you know, let's be reminded of who Christ is and who we are in Christ. That we can walk in the power and the dominion and all the things that God has called us to walk in. And uh, before we dismiss this morning, you may be seated. Um, I think this is the... I was fired till I... Till I looked over there and saw Sheree. Crying. I think this is her last week. Maybe their last week. They're moving. You guys want to come on up, and uh, and and Shayna. Uh, wow. How long have you guys been at Life Fellowship? I was trying to think. Three years. Yeah, three years. Three you got married years. here, and uh, you've been faithfully attending and serving, and uh, you know, sometimes God moves people, and so. I see this as, as God just sending a part of Life Fellowship out to Victoria, Texas, Edna, or wherever it is you guys are going to be, mm-hmm. and uh, you're always family, and, you know, God has done that. He's, he's sent several families from Life Fellowship, and, and I see the, them as ambassadors going out and sharing uh, their life and, and what we've imparted into them, and, and we continue to move forward on the things that they've imparted into us, so... We, we just want to uh, bless them and release them. So if you would just stretch out your hand and join us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the brissettes, Lord God, we, we just pray that you would continue to guide them and lead them. We thank you so much for bringing them here. And Father, that, you, that we are family. And um, they may be a couple hours away, but they're still family. And uh, we know that you'll bring them back from time to time. And Father, we just release them with your blessings and your favor and your strength and your encouragement, Lord God, that you would fill them to overflowing and that you would plant them in the perfect church that you have for them, Lord God, and that they would continue to grow and prosper in you. And Father, we thank you for the time that they've been here and uh, that they are such an integral part of our family. And Lord, we just speak blessings over them and that you would continue to guide them and lead them every step of the way. And Father, that as they transition to this new place, God, that you would be with them and encourage them and help them, that you would just cause it to be a smooth transition. And Lord, we just ask for your grace and your mercy and your love to continue to wash over them in a powerful way. And we pray all these things with expectation in Jesus' name amen yeah. amen, yeah. amen. <laughs> i love you guys Carry on that tradition. yeah yeah Can I say uh, yeah i just want to say um i just i just want to you're on. you're on okay i just want to say that we have grown so much with you guys from getting married and um me retiring, um, Dylan joining the Coast Guard, getting married and now having a baby, China going to high school, we've just, we've grown so much with you guys, and this is not just a church, it is a family, and thank you so much for all of the input that you've given to me, the moments that we've shared together things I've learned from you. Go out and live it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Well, uh, you know, God God does some things in our lives, and that's why we need to always be ready in season and out of season to share the hope of Christ and uh, in our neighborhoods and, and in uh, our workplaces, because you never know when somebody's going to leave. So don't be afraid of building relationships. And I know that some people are afraid of that because, oh, I've been hurt and I've been wounded. You know, it happens. We've all been hurt, we've all been wounded. But but I think back to the richest, greatest relationships that we have are those where we're willing to be vulnerable. I'm not saying be foolish, okay? I'm not saying to be stupid, but I'm saying that we need to be able to be vulnerable, to build the depth and uh, the, the, the greatness of the relationships that we can have. Don't miss out on those things. And the first step in that is giving our life to Christ and developing that relationship. And then he helps us with all the other relationships. Uh, in closing, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. There's no uh, Bible study this Wednesday or the following Wednesday. This uh, Thursday will be our Christmas Eve communion service at 7 o'clock we're going to have a candlelight service, too. I don't think we have child care arranged for that. But it should be a short service. It shouldn't be more than three or four hours. And uh, uh, no, it should be a short service. And then the following Thursday on uh, New Year's Eve, we're going to fellowship and uh, bring in the New Year with prayer. Please come to that. We, it's a wonderful time. of We're just spending time together and building relationships. We'll probably play some games and stuff. I don't know. But uh, we'll have uh, some snacks. And then... Then we'll be bringing in the new year with prayer. And I've already kind of greased the tracks on this a little bit. But the first of next year, I want us to all join in in a fast. And, uh, uh, you know, I want you to be praying about that and asking the Lord about that. And, and I'll be teaching on that on the 27th about what is fasting. Fasting is basically just refraining from food for a season of time. Not so you can diet. That, that could be a side benefit. But so that you spend time seeking the Lord. And so at the beginning of this year, we want to really take some time to seek him. And that. And I'll talk more about that on the 27th. But uh, anyway, I hope that you guys will be here on Thursday for the communion service. And then the following Thursday for the New Year's Eve celebration and bringing the new year with prayer. And speaking of prayer, uh, let's close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this great season, Christmas season, the celebration of our Savior, Christ. And Father, we pray that not only would we be reminded of of who Christ is, but also who we are in Christ, and that we would determine to connect with him on a greater level, and that we would be more intentional in sharing the hope and the love of Christ with those whom you bring across our path simply by reaching out in love and sharing the hope and the love of Christ by our lifestyle and the way that we live it. So, Father, we thank you for this day and we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks in Jesus' name. You're dismissed, God, today and live it!